Dear Ann Landers, my husband Dear and I Abby, are in shock. I'm extremely upset. My son got married in Dear Ann Landers, I'm very happy to hear that his wife is working out of a woman here at She thinks way too much of herself. She had to get married. Dear Pod. Can we talk about the sadness? The weird Sondheim died, and I had a funny reaction. What was your funny reaction? Sadness. Like, I felt things. Everybody, I, was, I feel like everybody, everyone was like, oh, shit. I, I mean, he was 91. It's not like we were, it's not a shock, but. Kind of, though. It was kind of a young 91. I think we always thought he'd just be around for forever. I mean, he's as old as my mom. I mean, really, uh, so yeah, kind of relative, I guess. I guess. I mean, I also feel like our idea of age is so different now, where I'm like, 91, he was just middle aged, uh-huh. thanks to modern science. Well, it's like when we talk about like uh, pre pandemic, people are like, oh, yeah, you know, like two years ago, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, I'm like, fuck, nope. When, I am, when what? I know. I thought it was what? Please, I said <laughs> to Jules the other day, I was like, can you, Thanksgiving was just the other week. I mean, how much life have we lived in a day? So Sondheim dies, and all of a sudden I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> the whole yeah. McDonald's straw. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I watched Tick, Tick, Boom online, which just like tipped the scales. I haven't seen it yet. And, oh, it's great. I, that's what I've heard. I mean, do you get that you look like Andrew Garfield? What? Has anybody ever told you you look like Andrew Garfield? Garfield, yes, the cat. Wait, Andrew Garfield's his name, right? Yeah, but Garfield is also a cat. Well, yeah. Oh, you've got okay. But then I just thought, isn't Andrew Garfield? Wasn't that also a president? I think so. Maybe I'm combining my presidents with Garfield and Andrew Jackson. I don't know. I don't know history. Andrew Garfield. You can only expect president. so much from me. You know, I'm producing a podcast. I'm running around like a jackass. I have actually something okay. to say. Oh, we both so, do. We both have like juicy things to say or so fun. Just uh, along the theme of Caroline. Okay, go song. ahead. So, unfortunately, I was reading this article about Zoe Deschanel and her singing career, <laughs> <laughs> which just I'm like, why did you do why, that? Why did I should have a mal- an album anyway? So then I was um, listening to. Some of the songs, and you know, they, they the the canceled song. You know, I really like canceled. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I was thinking, we made, maybe we talked about this last year. But I was putting up our Christmas tree, and I'm like trimming the gym, like all the cute, ah. all the cute songs come on, and then um, I get like stuck, and I'm like, this is this is a really bad song. Uh oh. It's like. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. It goes on and on and on. And I'm thinking in my brain, I'm like, and they, they're trying to make it seem like, that's really cute. That's really, that's so cute, you know, <laughs> because Santa Claus is really dad. Yeah. The entire time, this child now thinks that his mom is a horrible whore. Who's an cheating adulterer. on, yeah. And not only that, but so is Santa Claus because he has a wife in North Pole. So there are these two horrible people cheating on someone mm-hmm. during the most magical time of the year. And they don't, and the kid doesn't say anything. So he goes to bed yeah. thinking, My mother well, just cheated on my father with Santa. With an overweight man who I think 
burglarizes everyone's house. Yeah, who came in here unannounced and well, has his own wife and his own reindeer and his own elves. Right. He has a whole life. Right. And he just yeah. comes in here, bangs my mom, and then leaves. And then my dad thinks it's like, then I wake up. Then I wake up the next day of Christmas. I'm in tears. Everyone thinks it's because I'm depressed. I'm not depressed. My mom just slept with Santa Claus. Yeah. My dad thinks everything's fine. Yeah. But and then- I'm standing there. <laughs> So you're fine with the song if it's sung this way. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus or or just said it in a therapist's office 20 years later. But then the line's like, what, um, what a sight it would have been if daddy caught. If daddy had only seen mommy kissing Santa Claus. Exactly. It's like, what the fuck? But what, like, what the fuck kind of song is that? I want you to picture it sung from like a 35-year-old guy's perspective. He works in finance. He lives in Manhattan. He goes to therapy twice a week. And this is just what he unpacks every week. I guess. But then there's so then... Wait, did it, was, is, the, is the lyric, oh, what a laugh it would have been if daddy had only seen? Or what's, yes. what's that word? Whatever that word <laughs> is, find it right now. Hold on. because on I have a hunt. A, I have another song. That upsets you? Yes. Um, oh, Silent Night. That bitch. <laughs> oh, what a laugh it would have been. I was right. If what a Daddy laugh. Had only seen yeah, mom. it would have been a riot. If your father walked in <clears throat> and your mother is making out yeah, with a guy in a, a red suit. Riot. What a uh, yeah. but see now again, I want you to think 35-year-old on the couch. Ah! Uh, what a laugh it would have been if Daddy had only seen mommy. Kissing Santa Claus that night. Unless we're taking it a different way, and this is a very open marriage. Oh. And they're trying to teach the kid, like, listen, if Dan from down the street wants to come over and pork mom dressed as Santa Claus, that's fine. That's I'm his thing. I'm still going to like it. We're still going to open up gifts tomorrow. What a laugh. But they don't do the follow-up, like, day two after. <laughs> hey, mom, or like, at, you know, pancake breakfast. Mom, I just want to talk to you for a minute. Last oh. night I came I came downstairs and you were getting hot and heavy with, you know, old red nose. Well, maybe Silent Night is the follow-up to that because nobody's talking about it. That's true. The other thing that I had a question about was up on the chimney, click, 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 you know, that song? Yeah. Oh, I, you know, want to know why I know that song? <laughs> of course I know that song. Of course. But remember when you were like in elementary school and all the kids would do Christmas carols and it was a big thing and like we rehearsed it, at least in our school. Yeah, we did. At Pierce School, we rehearsed them ad nauseum, literally ad nauseum because I used to faint if I stood too long. So Jesus. I remember singing that song and passing out. Oh, maybe in Mr. Kobe's class. Yeah. Because basically, another theme for children around Christmas is the anxiety knowing that there is an intruder about to break into your house. Yeah, but like... You don't know this person. He's a stranger. He comes from a foreign land. But he leaves you good shit. How do you know that? Sometimes you don't even like it. So basically, he flies everywhere, doesn't wear a mask, breaks into your house, probably brings in, like, the Omicron uh, pie Rubik's Cube <laughs> virus, and then... Rubik's rips, Cube? You know, and then just like, that better be the next variant. I'm just saying, because Omicron sounds like a rapper. I feel like the next generation has to be, okay, Rubik's Cube, because we wanted something that wasn't going to offend anybody or make you guys feel like and you're left out. it's very complicated and no one's ever going to solve it. And everybody, whenever you get it, you keep twisting and turning in, in right. your own skin. Right, like the movie Old. Yeah, yeah. Except for like one random smart 11-year-old will figure you out and the rest of us will hate him. So I think this explains a lot of people present day 
with the amount of anxiety and mistrust just around people in general. Yeah. Because we're raised, you know, being lied to about Santa Claus. Yeah. And then your mom being an, an adulterous whore. And then someone, you're like, you're lying in bed trying to go to sleep. But all you're thinking about is like, there is a man that eventually will break into my house. Look, I'm fine. If he wants to break in, make out with my mother, as long as he leaves me a Schwinn, we're good. But does he? No, it's never on the list. Nobody left her a Schwinn. Oh! oh! Wow. That, that's a major thing to unpack. That was not what I thought I it was going to be. You, you wrote it down? You had some, I wrote it down. I have some thoughts. It's funny <laughs> because the only thought that, that I had, um, I've been driving so much lately mm-hmm. that I've been, uh, I- I'm sick of the podcast, except for our own, dear pod official, naturally. Uh, and we come out once a week, so it's like I need more, you know? I've been in the car going back and forth to Connecticut because I'm doing a show there. Who's holiday? December Who's? 10th to the 19th. Enjoy me rhyming in doublets or whatever the hell they call them for uh, an hour and 15 minutes. Look it up. Music Theater, Connecticut. I'm doing it for nine She's nine amazing. Shows? Eight shows. I did see you. Well, we've talked about this, but you've seen Aaron invited me to, um, what was it? The invite, like an invited. Like an invited dress. Right. Mm. When it was at the West Side Theater yes. here in downtown Swing in Manhattan on the West Side on 43rd Street. Yes. Which is now housing uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Love it. And what I knew of Aaron at that time was, as everyone who listens, is <laughs> the type of person that she is. And then you, then she walks on. And now you're in the show by yourself the entire time. Which not what ninety minutes. Uh, it's about an hour and ten hour right. fifty. Yeah. And you don't stop speaking. You don't stop rhyming. Mm-hmm. So you're taking us on this journey of the whole day or whatever. And at one point, you break our hearts a little bit. Yes. And I'm like, this bitch right here. <laughs> I have never. Marcus and I were like, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're in Connecticut, first of all, it's a cute little show. And also, that staging was amazing. I thought it was really cute. Well I agree. It really surprised me. It's called The Who's Holiday, and it's uh, very funny. It's very funny, and it's very deceptively heartfelt. Yes, it is. So, and- if you're looking for the sweet part of Aaron, this is the only time you're going to find it. <laughs> then bend over, baby, because I'm coming in fast. <laughs> if you're looking for the sweet part of it, you get to see it. Only eight performances. It's a very quick hit. Uh, Music Theater, Connecticut. If you're in Connecticut, tri-state area, it's not that far from New York. It's like a 45-minute train ride, I think, max. Do you train it or do you car? I'm driving right yeah. now because I have to or I'll, I'll kill somebody. Do but it. you know what? In the car, it's not any better. So what I do to zone out... I, I have been downloading all these books from Audible. Now, I work for Audible every now and then. I do Harlequin romance novels. I have never downloaded my own book, which I probably should. I have like f- six books out there. However, comma, I put the suggestion out to the face place. I need your suggestions for audiobooks. The things that people came up with were great, but I downloaded Jeremy Irons reading The Alchemist. And I tell you what, it made the Jeremy ride Jeremy Irons? Jeremy Irons. And I really thought, oh my God, it's like he's in my back seat. It's like I had surround sound. And like, could you imagine if you were just driving and you just had abducted Jeremy Irons and you put him in the back seat and you're like, read me why the caged bird sings. Do it now. Jeremy Irons. I never moved from the cage. 
The birds sing. Can we pull over? I have to go to the bathroom. Shut up, Jeremy Irons. I If Jeremy Irons, all of a sudden, if I'm just like driving, he's like, good afternoon. I would <laughs> swear, like it, it wouldn't even have to get through like the rest of the first word, good. I would have sworn into oncoming traffic and exploded. <laughs> Jeremy Irons, what different, are you doing? It was different than, I could probably understand if it were, um, what's his name? Uh, oh God, that we always talk about. Um, uh, would you like oh, to Oh, oh, yeah, Liam Neeson. Le- I could probably, if Liam Neeson would be like, excuse me, it'd be different. <laughs> Jeremy Irons has this way of like, and now I'm going to slit your throat. Absolutely. That's not the guy you want behind you no. reading. Well, you do want him reading a book in your ears. But probably. I do like if he were in the back seat that suddenly he'd be like, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Or if he like rolled down Can the window. stop at Wendy's? <laughs> Pardon me. Do you have any gray poupon? I would probably like, holy shit. Oh. I would just get mad. God damn it, Jeremy Irons. I just I just messed myself. That's it. Bring in Danny Trejo. I want to hear his autobiography. Where's Danny DeVito doing it? Somebody was like, you got to download Danny Trejo's autobiography because it sounds like he can't read it. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I have all these things on my queue. I'm making my way through the Jeremy Irons narrated collection. I can't. Seriously, if it was like a, a Harlequin romance novel by Jeremy Irons, he entered her with his masculinity blaring. Oh, it'd be so good. It would be so good. There's nothing this man can speak that I am not 100% in ready to hear. I would probably end up talking like him when I got out of the car. Yeah, I do get a little... Pardon me, <laughs> but can I please have the number four supersized with a giant cup? I'll have a grande vintage dark roast, please. That guy's intense. I would like the fresh up poppers, please, and the white leather harness <laughs> with the edible panties for my lover. Could I have the egg white roasted red pepper Asiago bites, please? <laughs> I'll take 50 munchkins that are cinnamon pumpkin spiced and a... <laughs> this is the first time pumpkin I've latte. been in this, Michaels. Could you point me toward the decorative ribbons? Because <laughs> you're driving him around. Pardon he was going me, on all of these errands. Thank you for decorating this wonderful Pennsylvania station. Can you point me to the wonderful prostitute named Tina that does funny things with her fists? Do you know where I can grab an In Touch Weekly? I'm Jeremy Irons, and this is an Audible production. All right, that's it. Are you ready? Are you ready? It is time. Once and for all. Okay, I gotta poise it up. Ready? Um, actually, you know what? I'll put you in charge. See that little yellow button up there? Don't press it yet until I say, can I hear it? Can you tell me? What <gasps> oh, you're... my God, wait. No, you're here. Nope, this is on me. I'm sorry. Patrick Which... is colorblind. No, don't touch anything. I'm not. You're going to fuck it all up. Okay, ready? Which no. One is... I got it. I got it. I got it. Ready? Oh, is it this? No, nope, no, nope. that is green. That is green. <laughs> I've got this. I've got this. You just sit back and you look pretty. Holy shit. Okay. Came so close. Ready? Welcome to Dear Pod, the comedy advice podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Irons. And I'm Donna Reed. And we're coming to you from the Maha Bar in the beautiful Pineapple Ranch. Can I hear it? Put one foot in front of the other And soon you'll be walking across the floor Put 
Put one foot in front of the other And soon you'll be walking out the door And this week, like all weeks, we are bringing you the advice articles of Ann Landers and Dear Abby. We're bundling them up and we're throwing them in the back seat with Jeremy Irons. We're taking them for a ride until they gently fall into a deep, deep sleep. Or they ask to go to Wendy's. Whichever comes first. So what are you waiting for? Follow us on your social medias at DearPodOfficial on your Insta, your Twitter, your Face. We have a website where you can binge every last sexy episode, DearPodOfficial.com. Our email address, email us, DearPodOfficial at gmail.com. We accept listener mail every week and we will answer one of your advice questions on the air. Yes, we two jackasses will dole out some wisdom that we are completely unqualified to do so. Aren't you excited about that, Patty? Super fucking excited! <laughs> we have a YouTube page. Are you excited about that? Oh, God, am I? Dear Part Official YouTube page, and finally, oh, and Lord Almighty, most importantly, our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Dear Part Official, where for a mere three or five dollars a month, you will get extra special tidbits dropped in your inbox every week, and an extra special perk of being a Patreon member is that you get a happy birthday shout out. We have a lot of Sagittarians this month. A lot of people were born in December. Wouldn't it be great if Jesus was a Patreon subscriber? I'm just saying, Lord, just saying we need the cash. So in the spirit of such things, we have a happy birthday going out to our brand new Patreon member. Who is it? Kirk Waltzoni. Waltz Tony. Waltzoni. 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 I think that my uh, jewels inverted a couple letters here, but I'm going to go ahead and say, Kirk, if your name is Waltzoni, congratulations. If it's not, I apologize, and it's Waltz-Tony. Either way, we've really covered all the bases here. Kirk, welcome to Patreon, baby. This is one of your pluses. It's us two assholes saying, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to Kirk. Okay, you're choking here. I need you to choke here. Good. Nice. That is right. And oh, also, uh, Jules wants me to mention that we have over 100 episodes uploaded already onto our YouTube page. We are are working our way through our whole lexicon discography. That's right. We have a lot of episodes. Yes, we do. We have done a lot of it. We've been here for 5,863 years, giving you comedy every damn week. Look at us. It's kind of amazing. It really is. I mean, we're no Jeremy Irons, but... Pardon me. Pardon me, but do you listen to Dear Pod? Excuse me, has this glory hole been cleaned? God damn it, Jeremy Irons. (laughs) Just read why the cage bird sings. (laughs) Chapter 8. I've been waiting for days for you to finish this thing. All right, so this week, in honor of our... um, yeah. Our season that oh, we're geez. here. We're in the holiday season. We are in full tilt it's books. The holiday season. Thanksgiving is well behind and us. Even the big national holiday, my birthday, is now in the rearview mirror. So sad. So sad. So, so sad. what else are we going to do but celebrate Christmas? And this week's theme is Christmas carols. Hook the bills. Sweet silver bills. Talk about an anxiety-ridden song. I can't stand that. That whole thing. How can I throw cares away when it's so intense? It's that's not. I don't. You know. I don't really like depressing 
Christmas Carol. I already have a little Christmas depression. Oh yeah. So I don't really like those songs. But you gotta then, stay away from them. Right, but there are a few that I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push through this, this song, like the Grown Up Christmas List by Amy Grant, one of my Wait, favorites. What? What is Gr- that? The Grown Up Christmas List. I have never List? heard. You've never that. heard of the Grown? What? Why would I go out searching for an Amy Grant song? It doesn't, you don't go out searching, it, it finds, finds you. you. Well, clearly I haven't been gifted with well, this. Well, it came out a long time ago. Well, because so. so did Amy Grant. That's correct. And Not now- saying that she's a lesbian, <laughs> but we would we would like it. <laughs> I mean, she dropped onto the scene back when I was wearing velvet chokers. But she dropped onto the scene of pop music. She was always on the scene, just at Christian rock. Okay, so what is this song? It's, it's like you're grown up, it's not about like... Gifts or whatever, it's like what you really want, you know, like world peace and all that stuff. It's very ah. sweet. Anyway, my other, my other sad song is, well, it's Mariah Carey, uh, Miss You Most at Christmas Time, which is also very sweet. My third is the Faith Hill, Where Are You Christmas? From I don't Grinch. know. It's like you have literally started speaking Greek to me. I have never heard any of these titles. You've never heard Where Are You I Christmas? I have never heard any. I, uh, again, uh, a country, uh, I don't go searching. Here's a T. First of I am all, not, I am it's a not classic Christmas Carol lover. Okay. If it was What's written after nineteen sixty, what is it? Rocking around the Christmas tree. Oh, holy night! Give me a classic. Don't give me any of these weird things where people are trying to recreate that. The, it's uh-huh. not going to uh-huh. work into uh-huh. the uh-huh. Um, the ethos. It does in the way that, like, look, Mariah Carey's song. Yes, that is here now to stay. We've established uh-huh. that this has become part of the canon. If 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 Christmas shoes can make it into someone's canon, <laughs> no. those three Christmas songs they just shoes fucking... was a one-off, a very depressing story. But you know it. But you don't know the th- other three. You no, know Christmas shoes never... about some dead mom. Let's <laughs> fucking talk about depressing. It's like I just showed this great Christmas song. What is it? Well, it's about my dead wife. No, Jerry. No, no, no. but I say Christmas shoes, so it's okay. <laughs> Jerry! No, I didn't say my dead wife. I call it Christmas shoes. Oh, okay. As long as it's not my dead wife at Christmas. Yeah. Is the title. That's never going to sell. Yeah. It's really hard to press it and yeah, sell it to Yeah, We can't Arista. put a coffin on the top of this album cover. <laughs> Growing up, my sister and I, our favorite thing when we would go to Mass would be for, like, we love Midnight Mass. But the best part would always be when you knew that whoever they hired to sing had no business being behind the fucking mic. <laughs> yes! Whether to sing or even give an announcement, because it's like it's like someone is like breaking glass and like rubbing styrofoam together it's so at the good. same time and being electrocuted. But they try them out on the midnight mass because people are drunk, or they're just like falling asleep, and it's like you're kind of falling asleep, and then they, you hear it, you're like, "I'm up." What did she just say? <laughs> That's where they try out the newbies. They're like, look, we're going to put Carl on Midnight Mass, and if he can handle that, we're going to move him up to regular spots. I would be like this. Tap, tap, tap. Hey, um, Joy, let me just tell you this. This is my first time. So just ramp up that organ if it's, things just don't sound great. <laughs> Lean on it. I've been elbows. Give me, sit on that organ, yeah, Joy. Pretend you're the Phantom of the Opera. So do smoke or something. Use the upper level. You never use the <laughs> yeah, upper level. Move people, seriously, like out of the church. <laughs> Well, you know, I think that Oh Holy Night is probably my only, that, that's my top Christmas song. I will I, I will always be happy if I hear that. That's because it's like a cozy Christmassy song. And because growing up when I used to do uh, shows at the Waltham Regal Players. Okay. And we would have a Christmas spectacular. 
There was one guy that they always brought in that was like a Boston ringer who just came in just to sing Oh Holy Night. That was his only gig. And he'd come out and he'd sing it and it would level everybody. And then they had a live nativity like they wanted to do the the Radio City thing. Sure. So then they just like walked a camel that they got from like the Waltham Public Zoo no. across the stage behind him. Just just as if like this happens all the time. <laughs> well, like the, the, all we could afford was like a camel, <laughs> camel and crossing. A, cue the lamb and the camel. Okay, just get the camel. Is uh, that all we have? The that's the, all the budget has. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, we had a problem with the uh, lamb. The chef here uh, used it. Yeah. So we just have the camel. Uh, but on the good side, we're gonna have a great cast dinner, you guys. <laughs> Who likes kebabs? In between shows. <laughs> it's a little gamey, but it's good. All right, let's do this thing. <laughs> Christmas carols. That's what the articles sort of center around. Let's see All what right. we can find. I had a hard, hard time with this. So I abandoned Christmas carols really fast. Same So Same-sies. I just went into vocalizing. Okay, vocal. And that type of singing. genre. Singing, anything to do with singing. I have one Christmas carol article that uh, is going to surprise you, though. Well... I'm looking forward to it. As you should. There's something damp in my bag, and I don't know what it is. That's not what I was looking for. (laughs) So definitely not my class. Okay, so here's from the. Can't read this. Biddleford Sacco Journal. Biddle or is it Bidford? It's Biddeford, Maine, right? Yes. All right. I can't read this. Biddeford. Biddeford Sacco Journal, Biddeford, Maine. Yeah. September twentieth, nineteen sixty-eight. Dear Abby. My husband's sister is very musical. She's also a little nuts. She plays the guitar and makes up songs. She made up a ballad which she calls The Men in My Life. It has about 30 verses and she goes on and on naming one guy after another. Maybe it's true and maybe it's not, but she sure included a lot of guys. Ah! Both single and married. I told her she'd better quit singing that song around town or he's... He's apt to get herself, or she's apt to get herself into a lot of trouble. She could get sued, couldn't she? And by the way, how much would it cost to send her to the city to get her head read? Signed, Billy. 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 What is, what's, what's the uh, response? Dear Billy, I suppose your sister-in-law could be sued for libel or defamation of character, but if she's as nutty, quote-unquote, as you say she is, I doubt if anyone takes her seriously. If you send me your name and address, I'll be glad to tell you what the local going rate for a head reading is. Oh. Quote-unquote, head reading. A little bit of Monica in, in my, my life. life. A, a little, little bit, bit of Monica in my, my life. life. A little bit of other girl I can't <laughs> name. A little bit of other what person. What kind of song is it? Donnie, I blew him. Timmy, a handy. <laughs> Johnny <laughs> Anal. <laughs> yeah, like what is she? Ricky, while his wife's it? away, like what? What? Kevin likes a thumb up the butt every Wednesday. <laughs> Wait, stop! Whoa, stop, whoa, stop. whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> and she pressed this, like, or did she just sing it for her? Was it pressed into an album? No, she she plays the guitar and makes up songs. She made a little ballad. <laughs> she calls it the men like in my Phoebe life. It sounds like Phoebe Buffay. Right. It has about 30 verses and goes on and on, naming <laughs> one guy after the next. 30 verses? Yeah. She's like basically like 30 men. At a girl. That's right. Tell so, me that this is not Alanis Morissette that she's talking about. Maybe. Maybe. I think. 100%. There's that, that, every female artist comes out with a blowing up song. Look at the Taylor Swift stuff, where that whole song was about Jake Gyllenhaal. What song? 
that song that like everybody's freaking out about. Is it the one that just beat Don McLean? Oh, American Pie. Oh yeah. I don't know what it is. The Whatever it is, long? basically, it's, yeah. And basically, she's like. I don't have time for a 10-minute long story. I am not surprised that she was not like, and Jake Gyllenhaal did this, and Jake Gyllenhaal did that, because everybody knows it's about him. I was 16, and that was Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> he was 26. I was 16. Jake Gyllenhaal. He Someone should be arrested. Someone come and help me. He's keeping me in the basement, but I kind of like it. Jake Gyllenhaal. Every female artist writes a song at some point that blows up all of the exes. What I would love then, I want, <laughs> I want like a mega fucking hit with Britney Spears and Janet Jackson to just fucking <gasps> lay into Justin Timberlake. Didn't they? Or did, wasn't there noise about that? Am I making that up? You're making that up. Oh my God, maybe I'm just dreaming gay now. But can you just... Yeah, you <laughs> Like, I want it to be like Janet in her fucking like six-pack, missing six ribs prime. Yeah. And Brittany with like her normal teeth and her real hair and coming out and be like... With her tracks What like happened to you, Janet? Oh, I'll tell you. And then she's like, he left me high and dry with my titty on my side. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what what people Sing don't it. really it, get to Sing appreciate it. is what I just saw. The fact that they're only just hearing you say that. <laughs> what you didn't see, dear listeners, was that Patty put his right shoulder in, leaned in, and gave me yeah. that classic uh, Janet uh. Jackson angry shoulder pads twitchy. Who's right? Who's, who's wrong? wrong? My yeah, left breast right. is out. Not <laughs> my fault. Not my fault. All right. I have an article for you from the Longview Daily News, Longview, Washington, March 25th, 1961. Singing hobby costly to family's income. (laughs) I like it when you laugh. It makes me feel like I've achieved something. Dear Ann Landers, my husband has a fine voice. He'd rather sing than eat. It's fine. It's fine. I've heard better, Amy Grant. He'd rather sing than eat, and that's the problem. If he'd sing less, we would eat better. Chuck, (laughs) the fact that his name is Chuck, not my bad. Chuck works part-time because he must be free to rehearse at odd hours with visiting choral groups. He also takes singing engagements for luncheon clubs, which means a cut-up day. We've been married 12 years and have three children. If I did not work full-time, we'd never make it. Chuck is a wonderful husband and father, except for this one fault. I want him to stop this music nonsense so I can relax a little. He says I agreed to this arrangement before we married, which is right, I did. (laughs) But now I'm ready to tell him to quit singing The Road to Mandalay and take it. What's your advice? Signed, Tone Deaf. Dear Deaf, (laughs) stop beating yourself eight to the bar. You made a bargain, now stick to it. A wife doesn't tell a wonderful husband and father to take the road to Mandalay because he works only part-time and she must help out. Many talented stars who rake in the loot by the bushel basket struggled for a long time before they hit it big. It could happen to Chuck. Could it? We'll find out on the next view of Longview Daily News, the next episode. Wait, what was the end of What was the real line? That, that was it. It could happen to Chuck. Oh. Anne. There we oh. go. I just signed it for okay. you. Feel better? Yes. Okay. I dismounted. <gasps> there we go. Singing for a part-time living is the story of my life. So he's a part-time singer. And a part-time lover. 
Part-time lover. Well, I, I mean, so he works half half the time. The wife is like shouldering the financial burden. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't want him to do the thing that makes him happy. Because he doesn't make any money. Yes. So she's fucking tired. Yes. Do, right. do you clearly have an opinion on this? Is there something you so want to say to somebody? So she's worked all day. Uh-huh. And then he has to work at night to do his little gigs. Yeah, like it sounds... So then she's got to work all fucking night by herself, too. No, well, she's got the kids. Right, that's what I mean. Okay. She's like, ugh, I just want to relax and have this blue nun Chardonnay. <gasps> but I can't, because I've got those fucking things over there. The three things. Bitsy, bitsy, and crazy. Yeah. So no. Oh, they want to go to McDonald's. Yeah. No, I want to go to McDonald's. You know what? I'll get Jeremy want... Irons to take them. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to McDonald's. Good yeah, day, miss. Welcome to the wonderful golden arches of McDonald's. Oh, God. And beautiful Desplaines, so Illinois. So sexy. <laughs> yes. So she wants him to give up the gift of the song so that she can be more chill, which, not a marriage. Maybe she should learn how to communicate and be like, listen. I could have told you, but I wrote to a woman I don't know. I don't know this woman, but she told me to leave you. (laughs) (laughs) Anne was very pro him. Well, I mean, yes. I think all basically it comes down to communication, as most of the problems in relationships are just that. Isn't it the truth? This is from the Los Angeles Times, Los Angeles, California, March 29th, 1967. Mm -hmm. Dear Abby, my boyfriend is practically perfect. I mean, in he, every way. In every way. Look at it. My boyfriend is practically perfect. I mean, he really qualifies. But he has one habit that drives me out of my mind. When we dance, he sings along with the music. If he doesn't know the lyrics, he hums. It wouldn't be so bad if he would carry a tune, but I swear he's tone deaf. Moreover, he puts his head next to mine, and my whole skull vibrates while he sings. If I move my head away, he moves it closer. I can't escape him. Don't tell me to quit going to dances with him because he'll ask someone else. And I don't want to lose him. Signed, Ellen! Ellen's is this name, my mother? Ellen's name is in all caps, and it could be 44 font. Somebody might be here. Hold on. Is you know what? I can't do this podcast. I can't work like this. Uh, just to let the listening audience know, just in case we happen to drop it in, we have a very special guest who just dropped in because it's the fucking holidays, kids, and you have to go and visit. Do you visit with people? Do you do that? What? Wasn't that such like a 1980s thing? What the thing? fuck are you talking like, about? Like, you know, it's like the holidays. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess. Like a progressive like, like, tour of the neighborhood. Like, I need more description. I guess this is what wassailing is. Modern day wassail in the eighties. Like we used to like just go and we're gonna go visit with Helen down the street and just say hi. And you go and like you had company. Yeah. Yeah. Is that wassail? Well, yeah, because in my family then we would just all hide and ignore the doorbell. Like Sebastian Maniscalco is so right. Just turn off the lights. Turn off the lights. We're not home. We're not home. No. Couldn't avoid it. We don't. I mean, how terrible is that? To travel to one person and then the next at the next. Like, this fucking guy <laughs> just moved. Turn, turn your fucking signal off. Merry Christmas. I brought oh, you chocolate Jesus. chip cookies. Uh, I brought you thumbprints. Fuck the cookies. What time's dinner? I got to get out of here. We got to go to Nancy's. <laughs> my, my parents, these people moved in across the street and they're like, I think they're from Morocco or something. Wherever they is, wherever they is, Christ Almighty! Wow, wow it's That's a long some day. Wine. It's been. This is a wonderful wine we have here. <laughs> wherever they is, wherever they is, it's much more um, ethnic 
than my parents have ever Like, they've never been past Woburn, Massachusetts. So these people come with a whole new flavor. They have interesting food, and I guess it was part of their process. Whenever they moved into a new neighborhood, they'd bring food on a platter to the new neighbors as a way of saying thank you. And then my mother looks up, like, the history of this this culture, and she's like, oh, God. Okay, it says that whatever. And they gave my mother something like Moroccan lamb. Something that with spices good. and like a mystery meat that she's never had before. And she's like, oh, God, thank you. And then she's like, well, then I need to give them something back that's on this platter. It's part of the culture. So she gave them back M&M cookies. <laughs> <laughs> they give, they're like, we've stewed this lamb in a Moroccan tagine for two and a half weeks. We've added spices and berries as far as the reaches of India. My mother's like, this is Toll House. <laughs> I got these M&Ms <laughs> down the street at the Stop and Shop. <laughs> and this I found this sugar in the back of my cabinet. Good luck. <laughs> Welcome to the neighborhood. <laughs> it sounds like Lenny's mom from Of Mice's Men. It is. Okay. All right. All right, give me another article. We got two more articles to go. Are you ready? Well, yes. I guess I'll just reread it. Since... Oh, wait, did you? Well, oh, yeah, reread, reread, right, reread. Because we had yeah. a visitor yeah. interrupting the live Ruining podcast. Christmas. This is from the Los Angeles Times, Los Angeles, California, March 29th, 1967. My boyfriend is practically perfect. I mean, real qualifies. But he has one habit that drives me out of my mind. One dance, he sings along with music. If he doesn't know the lyrics, he hums. It would be so bad if he could carry a tune, but I swear he's tone deaf. Moreover, he puts his head next to mine, and the whole skull vibrates while he sings. If I move my head away, he moves his head closer. I can't escape, though. Don't tell me I quit going to dance with him because I'll ask someone else, and I don't want to lose him. <laughs> Ellen! Ellen is all caps and a 15 font, and the rest of the um, article is in 10. She's just trying to get her intention across. So then she responds to, Dear Ellen! Because it's all caps, she's Jesus, yelling. stop yelling! Borrow one of those horse collars in quotes, I don't know what that means, from a friend who has already collected on her whiplash injury and wear it while dancing with her with your thrush. That will keep his head away from yours. And if you're able to keep up a running conversation, he won't have time to sing. Did I have a stroke mid-sentence? No, like, I, I, I see what she's going for, and it is a misfire. Is it a bad, it's a bad joke. It's a shitty, yeah. It's a shitty It's not actual shitty. advice on how to deal with any of no, it. She's, she's like, just I saying, don't know, you're at a fucking dance. Get a collar, whatever he's what into. What do you mean your skull shakes? <laughs> for the record, this sounds like something my jewels would do. What? It's like, like it's isn't it romantic? <laughs> <laughs> it's like watching Oprah at the Adele concert. <laughs> Rolling yes. in the, mm, and then cut away because they're like because she doesn't know any of the words. And the producer's like, cut away. She doesn't know the words. Cut away. Cut yeah, away. Go, go to Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy in the front. Yeah, Bring anyone, out those people else. that were getting engaged. Anybody. Anybody. They're in the control room. Okay. Before Adele starts, just let let's just remember the Tina Turner episode. Let's just cut away from Oprah as soon as she starts. You see her lip syncing, and it's going to go south right after the second word. Okay, now if she starts to clap on the one and the three, cut away. Don't, cut don't, away from don't, her. Don't. Has Marcus ever? Well, Marcus sings. Yes, he does. Right? So, yeah. like, we He doesn't like my singing. Why? What do you sing like? Go ahead. Give me something. <laughs> Give me 16 I'm not bars. Tra- Come well, on. I am a trained singer. However- You are. I, um, I only- <laughs> I only make up the words to the songs to- I'm basically like Weird, Weird Al Yankovic. So it'll be that's like- Weird Al Yankovic, but that's Whatever cool the fuck too. his name is. I don't know. Maybe shit. you're from Itch. his native Poland. I am. I am. Okay. 
like I'll just like twist the lyrics that'll just like things that you just can't say. Well, but that's well, yeah, because that's what we like to do. We yeah, like but to I'll sub just, like, in cont- lyrics. Yeah, but it, like, does he not tr- find that entertaining? No, he does. But then you know, okay, <laughs> when I go for it, it's not very good. <laughs> well, if you but were you in musicals? Did you sing in high school? And then I did audition for Hairspray, but I clearly didn't get it because. This is my you, life right now. Maybe they just haven't called yet. It closed. Exactly. <laughs> it, it closed. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed for you, Well, son. then I stopped taking lessons. And now I'm, you know, 45 years old. And, and my life is over. <laughs> I have no gifts. I have no gifts to I offer I have anybody. no prospects. Everybody's done with whatever I had to offer. <laughs> me, at the, me at the birth of Christ. I have nothing. I literally have nothing for you. You know what? I really... I All right. I have one final article for you. Are you ready? No. Never. This comes from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Fort Worth, Texas, December 20th, 1994. Now, here's where this is a twist. Uh Uh-oh. I have searched far and wide, long and hard, for an Ann Landers singing, vocal, caroling, anybody opening up their face and song article. Mm -hmm. And right next to all of these articles that she has written about, like, uh, don't let your uncle touch you, to the right of it, there is Miss Manners, and Miss Manners has actually addressed the caroling issue. So, however, she is not part of she the is podcast. Not. However, I am going to read it built as if it was <clears throat> Ann Landers. God damn it! Well, watch no, just... because the topic is very interesting and it has to be addressed, which is fascinating. I just want to go on record okay, that this is yeah. not this a Dear is Abby not nor Ann an Ann Landers. It's a Miss Manners. Therefore, we're going to pretend. Well, I'm not pretending because you already told me. Come along on a Christmas ride. Pretend with me. Be nice to carolers, assuming they're not burglars. (laughs) Dear Miss Manners. I mean, Ann Landers. (laughs) How does one respond to Christmas carolers? The caroling outside the door is delightful, but I lived all my life in the city, and I'm quite embarrassed to say I don't know what to do when they arrive. Even Even the carolers don't know. We we wave, smile, and say, Merry Christmas. Thank you. Signed, Gentle Reader. Dear Gentle Reader, with a sweetly seasonal smile playing about her lips, Miss Manners was all set to prattle to you about cookies and hot chocolate when the dreaded modern reflex kicked in. What if they're hoping to lure you outside in order to mug you? What if they're casing the neighborhood to see whom to burglarize on New Year's Eve? Miss Manners obviously needs a Christmas vacation. Throughout the year, just about every time she has suggested a kind or just decent gesture of humanity, someone has written a worst-case scenario as a result in which a person who extended him or herself in that way ended up being victimized. But never mind. We are not going to let the but-what-if factor scare us out of all goodwill and joy, are we? So do, please, greet your carolers in the traditional way with a treat that they can enjoy quickly as they go on their way. Not Anne. Remember when Christmas carolers would come to your house? No. Yes. Actually, that's only happened a couple times. Yeah, and it is funny. It doesn't go well. It is the weirdest. You open your door and everybody just sort of goes, "What? we're watching four strangers in sing Victorian outfits sing to you. That are dressed for the weather, and now you're at your front door. With in your, a thong. With, with with basically a t-shirt on and no socks. And then you have to wait. A t-shirt wait. that says you had me at bacon. Right. <laughs> and it's freezing. You have to keep the door open. And they're like the 12 days of Christmas. And it's like, I'll give you till t- to 
two days, and then I have to go back inside. Yeah. It's, it is weird. I would love to see it again. I want this tradition to come back in a post-pandemic world. That's not a bad idea. It's how you greet the carolers and what you're wearing. I think it'd be great if they just didn't spend like the whole like song singing at you. Like do a couple verses and then like gotta go. I think it'd be great if they maintained uncomfortable eye contact. With they you. do. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. But like, ready? This is what they see. Oh, holy night. The stars are brightly shining. No, Jeremy I feel, Irons? I feel like they do that creepy smile where they're, they're just very happy to be delivering this. Like, I'm giving, it's kind of like. But what that. if you just dead faced it? Oh, uh, well, then no one, well, no one wants that. I don't know. You don't know what people are into. Okay. What if they took requests? Freebird! It's time, time for Instagram mail. Instagram <laughs> mail. I'm singing it like a caroler. Instagram mail. Instagram mail. Instagram mail. I killed grandma. Wait, what? Wait, wait, wait. So what? What was that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kevin. What? That doesn't work the lyrics. What was that? What did I say? You said you killed your grandma? No. no I didn't do that. Okay, let's try it again. Okay. Instagram mail. Instagram mail. Okay, stop. Yeah. Kevin, yeah. what? what did you... You said it again. Do you know? Did you know that you're doing that? What did I do? You said you I killed your kill grandma. What? No, I... What? Well, it's not like it's what a soul it? cycle class where you can scream out what? your confessions. I know sex with the baby. What? Okay. Instagram! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's right. We have one Instagram mail question this week. So email us, dearpodofficial at gmail.com with your Instagram mail questions, and we will do our best to illegally answer these and give you ridiculous, stupid advice. What are you waiting for? Write to us, dearpodofficial at gmail.com. Kick us off, Patois. 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 Uh, I forgot to proofread, so this will be a new thing for all of us. Dear Pod, I have an abnormal amount of road rage. The second that someone honks, even if it's not at me, my blood pressure goes through the roof. I worry that I'm going to start using my car as a battering ram if I don't get it under control. Any thoughts on how to reel in the rage? Signed, Gas is on the right. Attaboy. Dear Gas, get in line. Granted, I'm driven everywhere I go, but more often than not, my Barry Manilow eight tracks are often interrupted by the not-so-subtle sounds of Buicks and old Oldsmobiles usually followed up with a nice stodgy middle finger that looks more like an overcooked sausage than a digit. It seems every time I try to even window shop and imagine the girls in their seasonal frocks spring to life like Kim Cattrall cinema's masterpiece Mannequin, I get interrupted with nearly fistfights of angry motorists. It's no wonder. We are all overstressed, over-medicated or under-medicated, panicked by a new variant like it's the season three addition to any Real Housewives franchise. Yeah, you know the type, the one that comes in hot, stirs the pot. We cannot settle down and calm ourselves. Always on the edge, always on alert, always on call. Makes you want to collect all your things and live in a treehouse in the Amazon. Unless, of course, you piss off poachers and they end up murdering you like in Gorillas of the Mist, but I digress. My new thing is meditation. I have a few vodka stingers, and I play my Shirley MacLaine meditation tapes over the loudspeakers in my den. It really helps, and sometimes, if you're lucky, you are able to jump into someone else's body for a minute or a day and a half, in my case. <laughs> like Annie, it it's clears the way of the cobwebs and the sorrows. Ah, oh, the past lives I've led. It would explain that scar in my chin and the tribal tattoo on my lower ankle. 
Namaste at the bar, Buttercup. Abby. I like that you could stay in as somebody else for a day and a half. Well, isn't that her whole thing? That she Shirley MacLaine? Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure she's been in me at this point. <laughs> well, okay. take a number. The maybe line so. forms to the <laughs> left. Maybe in college. Clean up while you're in there. Oh, God. All right, here's what Anne has to say. Dear Gas, I may be the wrong person to ask for advice on how to handle road rage. I once told an 80-year-old woman to fuck herself sideways when she cut me off in traffic. There's one thing I say about the open road. It is the great equalizer. Young, old, tall, short, black, white, fat, thin. When you're behind the wheel of a car, you're all assholes to me. Let's just be thankful that Honda doesn't sell a sedan with lasers because I'd be the first in line to buy that shit. There are things you can buy which make you feel a little more in control of your driving experience. A device with buttons that attaches to your steering wheel. Each button you press is a different sound. Fake honking, laser beams, gunshots. All end up making your journey a little more like Grand Theft Auto. But to me, this only enhances my rage as I'm disappointed when the actual beams don't come out from the trunk of my car and zap the guy who's been right in my ass on the Garden State Parkway. The Swiss Federal Institute of Technology has designed an infrared camera that goes behind the steering wheel. Through the use of facial recognition software, when anger is detected, the stress indicator goes up and an alarm sounds followed by soothing, mellow music. Leave it to the Swiss to try and calm us down. First they gave us Heidi, then bizarre chocolates with small plastic candies in it just aching for a child to get it lodged in its throat. And now this, a rage indicator. Only problem is, if I hadn't had Botox, that thing will be playing acid jazz all the way to my home in upstate New York. All of these technologies have their peaks and valleys, but the bottom line is the only cure for road rage is to get off the road. Take a break, a breather. Use some of that good old-fashioned mass transit where at least if you're pissed off about some guy masturbating two seats down, you're not behind the wheel of a moving vehicle. Good luck, angry son of a bitch, and I'll see you on the road. Anne! Thank you. Thank you. That's no, lovely. thank you. I've mm. got road rage. Okay, in honor of our very special topic this week of Christmas caroling and singing, holidays, raising your voices and song. We have a special guest here on Dear Pod this week. She is an author, a speaker, a workshop leader, and a voiceover artist. But most importantly, she is known as the Carol Boss. Helping people who struggle with holiday spirit all year long. You can catch a TED Talk on Christmas spirit on the YouTubes. And she has released a book called Defeating Scrooge. Harness the power of Christmas carols to revive your spirit any time of the year. It is now available on Amazon. Or if you're like me and you refuse to read, let her read it to you on Audible. Please Welcome, Renee Baker! Hello, Erin and Patrick. It's so good to be with you. It's so nice to meet you. You. Are you into the holiday spirit already? Oh my gosh, yes. In fact, yesterday, uh, I was, I did three caroling jobs in three different states. (gasps) What? 
Yes. Oh. I did a morning job in Manhattan and then and then we went up to no, then we went down to New Jersey and then I picked up other carolers in Manhattan and took them up to Connecticut and then I came back to where I, I currently live in Pennsylvania. It was what? a big day. Oh I'm my okay. god, you did a triple header. You're and that magnificent. Was a oh man, and you have no choice but to get into it, do you? Um, we don't. But you know what? We're, I, I'm in it. I'm in it all year long. It's, it's just it feels good when the rest of the world is in it with me. So yeah. I just want to let the, uh, the the listening audience know you are the president and creator of the Broadway Carolers. But do you want to give us a little quick background about what that company is, what you do? Oh, sure, sure. Well, so I've always been a, a close harmony singer, you know, for people who don't know what that is. It's, you know, the different uh, chords that if, if there's no accompaniment and it's just voices singing, uh, you have a soprano and an alto and a tenor and a bass. And, and so they're the different harmonies that make up the fuller sound when there's no other musical accompaniment. And I've always really loved the tight harmony. And uh, so I, I grew up that way. And I, I always wanted, in fact, I was the kid in middle school who created the, the Sweet Adelines group in my choir. <laughs> so I always <laughs> wanted to have singing groups. And uh, so, and I always dreamed about coming to New York City. I'm from Michigan. And so when I get to New York City and it's fabulous, you know, I'm like, oh, this is the greatest city in the world, except everyone's going around frowning. Everyone just looks so unhappy. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> don't look at me. The amount of rage that I walk around with. On a daily basis. Oh, just sours. Thank God for the masks. I tell you what. <laughs> you know, th- those masks, they they do a lot of favors for people. On Truth. <laughs> well, so anyway, then I began to dream about having, because I, I always wanted to sing in New York. So I began to have this dream about having vocal groups that brought joy to the city, you know? And so uh, long story short, during that really big snowstorm, it was at 96, I think. Uh, I was in Florida and uh, every, everybody just got stranded. I was, I was getting on an airplane to get, to get back and all the planes were delayed. And I ended up meeting this woman in the, air, in the airport and told her about my dream to do this. And she helped me come up with the name of a company, I Smile in New York Productions. And SMILE is an acronym. It stands for Shine My Inner Light Everywhere, which is oh. very Pollyanna, I know, but I loved it. <laughs> We so appreciate did, that here at the pod because they're the complete 180 from me and Patty. <laughs> and the world needs people like you to balance out people like us. True. I was just going to say, but you make so many people smile. So, you know, good uh, on you. We hope good so. On you. We like to believe. So yeah. you started this, this company with the thought I of... Yeah, because I used to sub, I used to sub in other people's groups. And I just, I just sort of began to think, you know, this is the way I would do it differently. And then one day, somebody asked my now ex-husband, you know, could could your wife, I don't know why they asked him, but they said, could your wife put together a group of, of holiday carolers? And so he asked me, and I'm like, you bet. I went down to City Hall that day oh. and registered that name. And, uh, and I got three people that I knew would be good with me. And we started the company that year. And um, it's just, it got bigger and bigger and bigger. We went from a quartet with two subs to 25 to 30 carolers every year. Wow. Sometimes all of us on stage with an orchestra. And mostly, though, it's like trios and quartets singing a cappella. But we really want to bring people together in song. Because, you know, as I talk about in the TEDx talk, there is science behind making music together in a groups it makes it, it increases cooperation coordination and 
empathy among the group members that can be felt for decades. So that's what we do. This is wild because, you know, I was listening to your book today on the Audible because every time I'm like, God, I really want to read a book. No, I don't. (laughs) I want someone to read it to me. So I plugged you in and I was listening to your book and I think it's fascinating. So it's called Defeating Scrooge. Download it. You can listen to to Renee speak it to you in her dulcet tones. And uh, spoiler alert, you do get some songs dropped in there. Oh, I'm sure. So I appreciate that. But what's cool is that... uh, you give the backstory of what your impetus was to go down this path of really unpacking Christmas carols, where, the etymology of them, the history, why why were they written at the time where they were, which I, you know, that's the part where I was like, ooh, this is cool, interesting, fun facts. Basically, anything that I can use uh, during a drinking game to get an advantage <laughs> over somebody else sure. is, is, you know, aces. But it's it's really cool that you're, that you were able to take your experience with this and, and go, what's the next step further? What's what, what sort of made you fall in love with Christmas carols was going back and actually doing the study as to like where the history of this song began. Well, through, you know, and the thing is, I've been doing it for about 16 years, you know, the caroling and singing these songs since I was, you know, in preschool. Uh, and and I began to realize that I, I didn't even know the meaning behind some of them. I, I didn't, do you know what you're singing when you say, when you sing round yon virgin mother and child, do you know what that means? Oh, uh, hell no. I, but I you know, know what? Round yon virgin. Is it, you the, know, it just, just the means, pregnant, pregnant Mary? It, it sounds like it, cause round, right? right? Or no. It just means, over there, yonder, around that mother and child. That's all it means, is oh. around oh. Well, in, in fairness, know. Ariana Grande doesn't know anything of what she's singing either. <laughs> Different. Yeah, she's Different. the sweetest human. I, I I, didn't know a lot about her until I started watching The Voice this season, and I was like, she's the sweetest she's... you got to get her on board, Renee. She needs to carry yes. with you. I would love to. I would love to tell her just how much I admire her her spirit. She's got the most sweet, giving, generous spirit. And I didn't know that before. So I, that was a happy. I didn't know that wow. either. You are a rare find. That's why I feel like you're from Michigan. So you brought some of, like, <laughs> some of the happiness over to the East Coast. And we're all like, she's bringing joy. But this is so great. But what's wild about your story and the backstory and what you delve into in your book is that you said, you know, You've always been the ray of light, the Christmas spirit, the the person that people turn to whenever, you know, you can always rely on that person to be Mr. or Mrs. Christmas. That's that's my husband. That's my Jules. He's Mr. Christmas. Look around. This place starts vomiting Christmas. Yes, <laughs> around like, you know, September. But Aww. you said you lost the Christmas spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something had happened. I didn't know what it was, but I mean, because really it was so easy for me to tap into Christmas spirit. So easy. And, um, you know, and I always thought that was a gift, but one year, oh my gosh, it wasn't there. It just wasn't there. And it just blindsided me. And I thought, well, okay, you know, it's coming. It's coming. I'll just uh, put up the tree with the kids. My kids were at an adorable age at that time. And, you know, uh, it, the, the, the smell of the pine needles, that's going to help. It didn't, you know, and all, you know, the, the cocoa, the, the candy canes, the, the nothing helped. I, I thought, okay, when I'm on that first caroling gig, that'll help. And it didn't help. And so I started using my acting skills and faking my way through the season, which sucked. 
Yeah. It was horrible. It was such, it was like this horrible pit of coal, really, in my in my soul. And uh, and so the thing is, it's like a like a tilt a whirl, you know. I think Christmas spirit, the Christmas season, is like a tilt a whirl. You know, if you if you get on that tilt a whirl and it starts and your hat or your flip-flop or your sunglasses fly off, you're not getting them back <laughs> until it stops and you can get off the ride and go, go look for it. And it's that way with Christmas spirit. Once the, once the holiday season starts, it, it, it just goes full tilt. Right. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, so I was taking down the tree and I was like, okay, I figured out what happened to my spirit. And I don't know why this particular bad incident got into my, you know, it was, it was like that that movie, that Pixar movie about emotions. You oh, know? Um, yeah. Inside Out? Inside Out, yeah. Inside Out, like yeah. with the blue marbles. I don't know why I got a blue marble, but I did. <laughs> and so, I'm, so I'm taking that my train. I've got, what can I do to, un, what can I do? I cannot go through life without Christmas spirit. That is like a crown jewel of my life. And so I'm like, what can I do? And so I'm sweeping up the pine needles. And literally, I'm not even exaggerating or making this up. Under my nose was this box that housed one of my carolers top hats and a carol book on top of it. And so I just picked up the book and I was like, hmm, I I just wonder. I opened it up and I'm like, oh, my gosh, maybe the answer is in these old ancient carols. And so I just made I gave myself a goal to study a carol a week, but not in the ways I had before. Like I knew the melody, I knew the words, but you know, what do they mean? Where did they come from? Who wrote them? Do we even know? Because some of them are so ancient, you know? And so I was like, I, and I pray before I do everything. So I was like, okay, God, just show me what you want me to know when you want me to know it. And I opened up the book to God rest you, Mary gentlemen. And I was like, okay. And that's what I started with. And I'm telling you that very first week I got my spirit back and it was like just finding the information it was like a barrage of sense memories you know like uh, for anybody who doesn't know what that is it's like you know like say when you smell lavender and it takes you back to your childhood Mm -hmm. or something singing carols and and it's it's a sense memory in your body because of the vibrations happening it's a sense memory in your ears uh, because of the sounds uh, and, and just the, the memories that learning about these carols make, but it's resetting mm-hmm. what might be a broken sense memory. Like if something bad happened, you got the blue marble, you know, <laughs> this can reset it because you're learning something totally new about something you've got all these other memories about. And for me, that's why it worked. Well, what's cool is the history of it. For any of you listeners out there who are history buffs, Renee yeah. delves into the the thoughts behind the songs where the generation of them, like the good King Wenceslas, which I thought was really interesting, you know, actually historically documented. This is the birth of these songs and what they mean and how we translate the words that are ridiculous to us now and, and make it make sense, which I just think is so cool. Now, are you somebody who could have Christmas all year round or are you fine with it? Just be in these couple months. I love it being very public. This is the first time I've actually used this phrase when it comes to this question. I love it being very public these couple of months. I love it being very private the rest of the year. So for me, all year round, I'm studying carols. I don't do it like every single week, like I did that first year. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I 
privately read these carols and it revives my spirit. And it's, it's almost like meditate. It is like meditating. In fact, I meditate before I do it, but you know, so you put yourself in that state and you, and you learn something new and it's so inspiring that for me, I, I do have Christmas year round. Uh, I never get sick of looking at pretty winterscapes and things like that. I don't get sick of hearing, uh, you know what, there's this woman that I just interviewed for my blog on our website. Um, and she has a Facebook page called Winterberry Christmas Cottage. And I would go to that, you know, several times a year, a year and just see these beautiful things. And so I wrote this whole interview that I, 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 uh, I mean, I wrote a, an article about this interview that I did with her. That site in, in three years, it's got almost 300,000 members. Ooh, so she's got people from all over the world. So there's others like you out there, Renee. They're just sort of tapping into it. You know what I mean? And I, I don't think that they're out there all year long with Christmas decorations all year long, but they, they have this resource to sort of tap into it. And it does something because, you know, my carolers, I love diversity. Yeah. And so we strive for diversity. And so we've got diversity in age and in race and in culture, you know, religion. And and I don't cast that way. That would be unethical. But as we're in cars driving to different gigs, we find out we find out about each other's cultures. And so I've got of course, we've got Christian carolers. I've got Jewish carolers. I've got Buddhist carolers. I've got Hindu carolers. I've got at least one atheist caroler. But we ah. all. Yeah, right. Wow. So, but we all recognize this palpable spirit of the season. And we all sort of hold ourselves accountable to it because that that means community, it means drawing people in, it means generosity, it means being more mindful of the people around you. You know, and and I think that that is really beautiful and I think that transcends borders, it transcends religion, it transcends race. And so there is this great power in the holiday season. And I'm going to say Christmas spirit, because even the people of all these different religions in my Caroline groups will call it Christmas spirit. There's power in it. And so one of the things I actually talk about in this article that I wrote on the website about the Winterberry Christmas Cottage is that we both believe that we we don't want to get too religious about it. We don't want to dictate how you celebrate Christmas because that pushes people away from what really could be a very life giving community building peace building uh, opportunity so more spiritual yeah nice what is your favorite christmas carol it's the george c scott one and you oh know, i mean the actual can... christmas carols like of the songs oh, of your oh, song okay. selection i have two but my very favorite is you mentioned it already um a good king wenceslas because it is a true story, except he wasn't a king uh, when the actual story happened. So for those of you, and there's a lot of people who don't actually know, good King Wenceslas looked out on the Feast of Stephen, which oh, yeah. is December 26th. Many people know it as Boxing Day. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the Feast of St. Stephen is when people, you know, they, they give money to the, the servants the, and, and the poor. Um, and he would always go, now this guy, he wasn't actually a king. He was the duke. Of Bohemia. And uh, he became the Duke of Bohemia at age 15. His father was actually the Duke who died when, when he and his twin brother was 15. 
were 15. And, but he really did have a heart for the poor in his country. And he really would go out on December 26th every year. And he'd bring wine and meat and blankets and, and uh, fuel for the fire, you know, logs to these people. And he would encourage the, the more well-off people in the land to do the same. And uh, so when he was died, very interesting, dark, dramatic story. I don't know if you got that far in the book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was like, what? <laughs> anyway, the way, the way he did die and uh, the person who actually had him killed is also the person who's responsible for bringing attention to him and having him uh, post posthumously turned into a king and sainted. Oh. Uh, so you want to drop it? Yeah, give it away. What? <laughs> who killed him? Or who who was involved? Brother Boleslaw's the bad. Is this like oh. the OG, like sunset type, like, like the bad dynasty? Seed. Yes. The bad seed. Yeah, the he had his brother killed, seed. and then he was like, um, you guys, he was actually kind of cool. He was the like the, the OG Santa. Okay. In a way. Okay. Oh, no. Did I what did I say? Who he, <laughs> wait. Wenceslas okay. was like the OG Santa, oh, not the okay. brother who killed was, him. Oh, was, okay, okay. I, I see, I see. Or, or some people called him Boleslas the Cruel. Oh yes, I know. It's really, I mean, it's weird that how dramatic the story is. I mean, the mother of these twins was was more on the side of, see, Wenceslas was raised by his grandmother, who was a devout Christian and actually taught him his Christian ways. And that's how he ruled the kingdom. I don't know why the twins were split up between the grandmother and the mother, mm. but the mother was in charge of Boleslaus and her name, and, and they were jealous <laughs> of Wenceslaus. And oh, so they plotted against him. And her name, the mother's name, Drahomira. Ooh, that is a Disney villain name, <laughs> yeah. if ever I have heard one. You've got like a, like I'm like, a tie, you can't high pony or something. Yes. Very eyebrows. to play her. Yes. Once I get um, Botox, that's who I'm going to be. <laughs> Drahomira. Drahomira. Maguire. That goes yeah, well. It works. Maguire. What was your other uh, fave? My other favorite is um, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, oh. which was written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow out of a heart, a broken heart over the Civil War. I mean, he he had a hard life. I was really surprised to see. I mean, he lost two wives, one of them horrifically. And, um, and you know, once he got over that death, married again, and then she died as well. And, um, and then the Civil War broke out. And, you know, he was just brokenhearted over what was happening to his country, something I think a lot of us can relate to right now. Um, and his own son was badly injured. So he's like, he's a single parent. His sons are growing up and, and one gets terribly injured. And he's, he's walking around his town in, in New England and so many of these families were brokenhearted because so many of them had lost their sons in the war. And so he looks out his window on Christmas morning and he writes this poem. And the poem is not exactly the words of this. It's many of the stanzas of the actual carol. But if you read the actual poem, you would see it is clear that he's talking about war. I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but there's one verse that talks about 
the mouth of the cannon. And it talks about as, as if it, the, the hearthstones of a continent were rent, you know, split apart. And that verse is not in the actual carol. <laughs> Um, and they also <laughs> changed the whoever, whoever put it to music and and uh, ch- they, they changed the order of the stanzas uh, so that the most cheerful stanza is at the end, which is basically, uh, you wait, I heard the bells again. At first they're saying, you know, the bells, everybody's together. We're all singing about Christmas and joy and peace on the same day. And then it's like, wait a minute, there is no peace. There is no joy. This world is cruel. And um, and then at the end, it's kind of like, wait a minute, no. God is not dead and people, the goodwill went out in the end with peace on earth and goodwill to men. And it's, uh, it's just, and the more, oh, there's two different melodies. Uh, <laughs> I've got one caroler who's also uh, a music director and he, he, he's musically just very, very adept and hysterical. I don't know. Gary Adler is his name. He's hysterical. Oh yeah, I know his name. And, <laughs> well, he was also he conducted the, uh, the the orchestra at Radio City Music Hall, the Christmas Spectacular, for nice. a few years as oh, well. Wow. But uh, yeah, we've got a lot of like you know great people in our organization, and he, and he carols with us. He can sing soprano, alto, tenor, or bass. Oh come on, Gary! I, well, I'm not kidding. <laughs> Whatever. But he's hysterical. I've known him since college. We did um we did uh, Kiss Me Kate together, and then we became roommates when I first moved to New York. Anyway, so. <laughs> He loves to start singing the melody of the one that I don't have in our, we don't have in our book. Not no. my favorite, which is, <laughs> no, I'm not even going to say, but <laughs> the one that I like is, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat. Of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I love that. But there's a different one that Bing Crosby sings that Gary always sings in my ear right before we start a job. I must be one of the only people that do not enjoy the vocal stylings of Bing Crosby. Was it because he hit his Ooh. wife? No, it's because it he ruined hit, it for you. His kids. Not that. I just don't like the. There's something about no, it I just don't. I don't buy. You know, when you listen to someone, you're like, oh, you, really... like, you like crooning? I do. Like, I just don't. I don't. There's something about oh, um, oh. it. doesn't seem as, uh, I don't know. Genuine? I don't trust it. You feel like he's disingenuous? You know, when you like, if you listen to Kelly Clarkson Christmas, it's like, oh. someone's really into, like, she's living. She's, yeah, yeah. Do you know where it's like, okay. you can tell that they're smiling when they're singing or something? Oh, Bing is not smiling. Yes, oh. you can. Of course. Do you know what I mean? Mm hmm. Yes, I do. I do. Uh, you know, I just want to throw this in. Um, I have a one of my carolers. Uh, that sounds terrible. One of the, one of our carolers. I don't know. <laughs> I own a whole bunch of carolers. I just keep them in the closet. <laughs> What's well, in your wallet? Uh, sorry. <laughs> well, Renee, uh, here at Dear Pod, we always ask our guests a very specific question. Everybody, we pass it out. Would you like to ask it, Patty? What is the best piece of advice someone has given to you? I do a lot of interviews of people, and I ask them that very same question. I was afraid I was going to get their responses confused with my own, but I don't think I'd ever really answered that. And so in the moment, this is what I was saying to you, was that if you're uncomfortable, just stop and pause. And (laughs) 
ask yourself, is there something I can learn from this before I respond? Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. It's take a beat. Because sometimes that could really de-escalate something. You know, we're all so quick. Well, and as a spicy Irish gal, I mean, man, temper. Yeah. Maybe you need to go for a walk before. (laughs) Well, that is great advice and I will take it, Renee. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you very much. So tell uh, the good listeners where they can find you online, all your socials, all your websites, because you have like a lot of them. Yeah. I have a lot. So I'll try to make it easy. Um, For the carolers, it's broadwaycarolers.com. I know carolers can be spelled with two L's, but it's only one L. So broadwaycarolers.com. Through there, you can find reneebaker.com as well. And uh, you can find Broadway Carolers on Instagram and on Facebook. And uh, on Twitter, it's Renee Baker, R-E-N-A-E, Baker, N-Y-C. You even sang your name. Do you realize that? You went R-E-R-A-E-N-E. Oh, there it is. singing my text. You know what? That's almost like boop, 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 boop. Close encounters. All the aliens are like, you're booping here. I need you here. Well, Renee, thank you so much for taking the time out of your very, very busy holiday season. This is your moment, baby. I hope you enjoy it. I really loved talking with you. I loved being with you. And hello to all of your your great audience. And, you know, here's something I love. If you want to you know, go to the contact me on, on the website, tell me your Christmas memory. Tell me your Christmas carol, your favorite Christmas carol. And tell me why, you know. I, I just love to collect this kind of stuff. And uh, maybe I'll write about you in our next diary. <gasps> Don't even. I'm so excited. Well, definitely give us honorable mention in Unlisted Christmas as it was born here. <laughs> 10%. Yes. I'll give you my agent's information. You I know, don't have one, so I'll take it If you need to a narrator for the next audiobook, I'm very dry, very dry. Yes. I do a yes, lot of... I do Harlequin romance novels, so I'm available. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I love that. I'm, I'm going to put that to you. Good use. <laughs> well, we're going to write the carol together. That's going to be one Christmas. interesting carol. Unlisted Christmas. You heard it here first, kitties. <laughs> Thank you, Renee. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Happy everything, baby. Celebrate it. Bye now. Bye. Oh, that we could always see such spirit through the year. Christmas time. Yes, Christmas time. All right, are we ready for our final segment? It's time for a specialty cocktail, specialty drink. Jules left me in charge of this. What are we going to do? And then he made it really easy for me because I just have to open a thing and pour. Are you ready for this? I'm fascinated. This week's specialty cocktail, and get ready for our very special guest who just dropped in because you got to try this shit too, is rum chata. What's my name? Brumchada. According to our special guest, Miss Stephanie Kurtzuba, who decided to drop in and hang out. Grammy, Tony. Award-winning, <laughs> the goat. If you know. She's goat. We've, she's eaten goat. She's the lost Braxton. <laughs> 
she's the child of destiny. People don't know that about her. That's right. All right, so here's, here's what uh, Jules has to say. He has spent years trying to figure out just what the hell this drink is, and now James Jules Ferris is forcing this holiday sweetened beverage on his hosts. Here are the ingredients. Are you ready? Two ounces rum chata. Here's what you do. Pour rum chata. Am I saying it right, or is it like rum chata? Okay. Okay. Pour rum chata in an aperitif glass. Here are his tasting notes. Some liqueurs have always been a mystery to me. How many times have I stared up at a bar and wondered, what could they possibly use that flavor in? Sometimes both timing and fate work hand in hand. Take this past week, for instance, when a friend delivered a booze box that he and his wife will never drink. And good for him, that the first person he thought to give these bottles a good home to was the proprietor of the Maha Tiki Lounge. And what was the first bottle that appealed to me? None other than the mysterious rum chata. What's my name? Rum chata. A rum cream that is made with the... Oh, God, I'm horrified already. A rum cream that is made with the base of the finest Caribbean rum and uses ingredients like rice, sugar, cinnamon, and vanilla. Wait, hold on. We have to take a picture of it. Believe it or not, people have compared the taste of rum chata to cinnamon toast crunch cereal. That's fucking fun. This sweet delight is a fun mixer that can be added to almost any drink during the holidays that will help you make your season even brighter. <coughs> Try it in coffee, eggnog, or hot chocolate while you are caroling. Oh my goodness, if you listen closely, you can hear the sound of reindeer on the roof. Wait, no. That's the galloping sound of Patty running to the bathroom after enjoying just one sip of this holiday delight. Remember, flush twice. Cheers, queers. Wait, let me hold on. I'm going to take a pic. Yeah. (laughs) All right, everybody. Cheers to rum chata. This is. That most definitely should be like ice. God, it's warm. This is. If you want to (laughs) know. If you blow a Santa at Macy's, what it tastes like? This is it. this is thick. It's it's viscous, <laughs> but it's spicy. It's like a, this is so it's warm. Like, it's warm. Like hey, Santa, a little tap of the back of the head. Warm, creamy something. cinnamon. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Volleyball under a the water. Something like a tug in my ear or something before it's gonna. God, this is just. Thick and warm. You know what this smells like? That shitty candle, Dwayne Reed. You're like, maybe this smells good. And you're like, nope. Oh, my oh God. God. It's like eating a home goods. It yes. is. There is that's, a. That's cinnamon vanilla shit. But do it one more time. What? Because I need you to. It's There's, a, like, there's a real hot spice in there, yes. y'all. I don't no, know I'm what aware. the fuck that is. Curry. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, this tastes like this. the Moroccan I lamb. The, I, bet. I love this vanilla curry Christmas candle. It's a really vanilla curry Christmas. Wait, I'm sorry. What, what kind of candle is it? <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait. Wow. Oh. Rum chata. What's your oh. name? It's thick. It's viscous. Get oh. on board. But you know what? So Jersey, I do know that they're always advertising these as drink specials for a lot of Jersey restaurants around here. So what does that say about the state of Jersey? Ugh, Put it that, over ice, kids. No one does anal. That's why. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> what does that say about the state of New Jersey? Clean up after yourself. Wow, that is a thing. And yet, every time we taste something interesting, 
I go back in for a second. Because I can't believe it. Like, I can't believe that this is... Someone's like, you know what? Hey, Carl, try this. It what really is, tastes like a candle. Terrible, right? that, the fact that you just said it's that. It's a cheap candle. It smells like every candle in home. Wow. Rum chata, baby. And just like that. This episode of Deer Pod is mixed and edited by Jim Ferris and is a property of Pineapple Ranch Productions.